Hey, this is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m. And we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. We are in a banner for our team nights this year called the Roaring 20s, which is awesome. Last year, we went through something called Kingdom Culture, where we wanted to see the principles of the Kingdom of God evident in every area of our church, not just in structure of our teams, but in our people, in their marriages, in their single season, in their finances, in their minds, in their spirits, all of it. We wanted to see the principles of God uh, of the kingdom of God evident in every area of our church, not just in structure, programming, or leadership. Yeah. And so that was awesome. And this year, God put it on our heart because of the 2020 being the roaring 20s. And that's for us. We want to be, be loud about the things that God's loud about. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to waste our time being loud about a bunch of other things. Yeah. Right now, we live in a time and place where there's a lot of voices that are very loud. Some are churches, some are social clubs, some are movements, some are people groups. And, and, and it's just a lot of commotion, but there's not a lot of people, unfortunately, being loud about the things that God's actually loud about. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are loud about things that they think God's loud about, but it's not really true. There's actually sometimes where God's just kind of like, hey, we can chill. We can, we can like, shh, it's fine. You, can, you better love your neighbor uh, by not just pointing out every single thing that's wrong with them and just asking how they are. Uh, so for us as a church, we really have just dialed in this idea of leadership um, everything rises and falls on leadership. And for us, um, we know that culture in our church starts with us. It starts with Adrienne and I, and it starts with everybody in this room. So Sergio, just so you know, when people join our team, we consider everybody a leader. Like you're not just someone who serves. You're not just someone who comes and, and puts their head down and passes a container. Everything that we do is leadership. Yep. Everything that we do yeah. outside of church is leadership. And so, so far in the Roaring Twenties, we have gone over, first and foremost, hearing God, because we can't hear the roar of God if we can't hear God. And so we talked about that week one. Second week, we talked about forgiveness because we want to see, we want to be a church where people taste and see that the Lord is good, not taste and see that the church is bitter. So we want to be forgiving. We want to be people who just radiate forgiveness. And that started, we had an awesome prayer session and we talked about forgiveness and we really just kind of Left a lot of things on this dining room floor that night. Um, and I feel like we, we all walked away better because of it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So tonight, what I want us to really um, lean into is this big idea of the word compassion. Compassion. I believe that compassion is so much bigger of a word than we think it is. It's more than just Compassion International, which is a great, obviously, uh, amazing nonprofit. If you go to any Christian event, It's probably sponsored by Compassion International, and they're amazing, and they sponsor kids, but it's bigger than that word. Compassion is bigger than when you want to judge somebody, and somebody says, hey, go easy on them. Like, compassion isn't a word, like, have compassion for them. Compassion is more than just a word where somebody has to cool your anger jets, you know what I mean? Like, compassion is... Well, we're going to get into it, but compassion is so much bigger, so much grander. It has a more important role in the life of a Christian and in ministry that I think most of us would probably recognize. And I want to kind of hear it from the, uh, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth himself, our Lord and Savior, King Jesus. Does that sound good? Yeah. Fantastic. So right now we're going to come out of Mark 6, 34. Can be good. I'm in the ESV, um, but you can, 
if you want to find it there, cool. Uh, but if not, there's no Sky Bible at my home. So just, just trust that I know my B-I-B-L-E. So Mark 6, 34, he says this. This is Jesus. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. I want to repeat that first line again. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So if you're not familiar with this portion of scripture, you will when I talk about the grander part that takes place here. This is Jesus and his lads, his disciples. They're rolling up, and this is the big moment in Scripture. This happens twice, but this is one of the, this is the more significant one because of the amount of people. Uh, but this is when Jesus feeds the 5,000 men and their wives and kids. I think that kind of gets lost in translation a lot of times, yeah. not because the Bible doesn't have that in there, but because we just never say it. Like, the literal text is 5,000 men and their wives and kids. Like, that's a lot of mouths. Like, that's more than 5,000 people. That's 5,000 plus. Uh, it was a lot of dudes and then a lot of wives and a lot of kids. Um, and so it makes this moment with Jesus and his disciples even bigger, even greater. And I love that when the Bible tells us this story, every single part, every time it's recounted in the gospel, um, in the gospels, it says this. He went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. And I think that's significant. That's significant because before Jesus got a head count, before Jesus knew what he was working with, before he knew the need of the people, before he saw that they were hungry, before he saw that they needed to uh, hear a word from God, before he saw that they maybe needed to be in community, whatever miracle that needed to take place in that moment, whatever deliverance needed to take place in that moment, whatever word of encouragement needed to take place in that moment, what was the gateway to the miracle that day was compassion. Jesus, he came ashore and he saw this great crowd and he didn't see that their greatest need was hunger. He didn't see that their greatest need was for the disciples to have a moment of ministry. His greatest, his, the greatest need that he saw wasn't that they were without a, without a church service to be had or a worship team. Jesus looked at these people, 5,000 plus people, and it says that he saw that they needed compassion. He had great compassion for them because they were without a shepherd. And I think that's huge. Because I think you can read that. I think you can look at that. And I think you can go, yeah, Jesus is going to grab this little boy. And this little boy has a sack lunch. He's the only dude that rolled up with some fish sticks. And he separated it. And he had the disciples hand it out. And they got to go have ministry time. And it was this amazing story. It's this amazing account of history. Yet we fail to see what gave way to the miracle. What gave way to the miracle was that Jesus had compassion for these people. You know, for so many of us, I think that we would say that we have compassion for people. But I think an evidence of compassion is actually moves of God. I think it's miracles of God. For a lot of us, we, we come to churches and we go to services and we go to worship nights. And we have moments like this in dining rooms and around a living room floor. And, and we get together with an acoustic guitar and we pray for the Spirit of God to fall. We pray for the, the, the fruits of the Spirit to be had. And we, we want to have a real encounter with Jesus. And we want to see 
people healed in services. And we want to see uh, tongues be professed. And we want to see all of these things happen. We want to see people delivered from demons and from strongholds. And we want to see lives and marriages and all these things restored that the church is actually set up for. But I would say that if we're spending most of our time seeking the byproduct of compassion, then we kind of have this backwards. You see, when we see the story, it's not just this one. I'm going to mention a couple more. But when we see the story, the miracle was a byproduct of the compassion of the Lord. The miracle was a byproduct. Meeting the needs of people was a byproduct of compassion. Like, I wonder what would happen in our city if us as a church, and again, I say us, because here we are, we're in Grand Rapids, okay? There's a lot of other cities, okay? We're, we're not in New York, we're not in LA, we're not in London, we're not in uh, Boston or Miami or any other great place. Those are the only great places, no I'm kidding. But we're not in any other big, metro, amazing area. We're in Grand Rapids, it's a pretty good sized city, it's growing, it's awesome. But I wonder what would happen in this city right now if this church, this team, these people, we began to rise up in compassion for people. Because here Jesus says he was overcome with compassion for them because of their need for a shepherd. It wasn't their need for hunger to be fulfilled. It wasn't their need for community. It wasn't their need for a miracle to take place or deliverance to be had or tongues to be professed or all of these other things that we find ourselves as Christians seeking so much. It first started with the need for a shepherd. Jesus was overcome with compassion for them because they did not have a shepherd. And I kind of want to challenge us today that maybe the idea here is that compassion is the gateway to miracles. That compassion is the gateway to deliverance. That compassion for people, for their history, for their situation is the gateway for breakthrough. It's kind of hard to pray and believe alongside of brothers and sisters for their lives and their marriages and all these things to be restored and redeemed and made right in the Lord and for order to come and for heaven to fall. But if we don't have compassion for them, are the floodgates really open? If we can't look at their situation and say, God, break my heart for this. I see a need here. More than, more than we need to see a light girl out, we need somebody that we need to see them get together with their Lord. We need to see them have a God encounter. More than we need to financially meet their need, we first need to see this. Because friends, the reason multiplication happened was because of compassion. You see, we're going to be a church that meets physical needs of people. We're going to be a church that meets the supernatural needs of people. We're going to be a church that that continues to, to seek the face of God and hear His voice in every single area but if we don't have compassion, if our heart isn't actually, we sing the song all the time, break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord. The reason we sing that is because we will be moved. Compassion is a move of heart. It's a move of God. Jesus, what moved his heart, what moved the heart of the Lord in this scenario was that he saw, he saw 5,000 plus people whose greatest need was a good shepherd. And that was the gateway to multiplication. Compassion was the gateway to healing. It was the gateway to deliverance. It was the gateway for the Holy Spirit to come. When Jesus, he met the woman at the well, five husbands, six guys, a live-in boyfriend. 
She's thirsty. She's a cast out. She's there in the middle of the day. And Jesus leaves his homies, makes a beeline to Samaria, and he goes and he meets with this woman. And what happens? He has compassion on her. And what happens is a byproduct of that compassion was revival in Samaria. It says that Jesus and the woman at the well, they went down into Samaria. Again, Samarians, Jews, don't get along. Jesus, Jew, okay? Samaria woman who is a cast out, the reason she's there in the middle of high noon, hottest part of the day, the hottest well water, all of this stuff is because nobody else is out right now. So she won't get stoned to death for her sexual escapades, I guess you could say, for her, her, her life that she's chosen to lead because of her brokenness. And Jesus has compassion on her. And because of his compassion for her, revival is a byproduct of compassion. Yeah, that's true. Jesus is coming through and all of a sudden Jarius, a man who rolls up on Jesus as he travels a great distance because he heard that this Messiah, this rabbi, this guy, he didn't care if he was the rabbi. He didn't care if he was Messiah. He didn't care if he was a prophet who was, um, who was brought back from the dead. He didn't care what it was. He just knew that this guy, Jesus, has a name attached to him and it's healing and Jairus' daughter had died. And so Jesus has a great crowd of people around him and Jairus runs up and he pleads with Jesus and he says, my daughter is dead. I hear you can heal. Will you come and make my daughter well? And it's that Jairus traveled a great distance and Jesus had compassion on Jarius in that compassion. Again, compassion is a move of heart. It's a move of God. It's what gives way to miracles. Jesus went with Jarius again, back a great distance, had a crowd around him, had people cheering him on. There was amazing things happening in that moment. There was a church service as he was walking. And Jesus, out of compassion, he left all of that to go and be in a home with a few people, and he actually ended up kicking them out too because of lack of faith. But he went for compassion for Jarius, his situation, and his daughter. And what happened? What we saw was dead. Jesus called sleeping, and she came alive. So here in all these incidents, we see Jesus, fully man, fully God, compassion, compassion for people, was the gateway to the miraculous. It was the gateway to the supernatural. It was the gateway for heaven to invade earth was compassion. The very moment Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We talked about it last week or the the previous team night. Even that was compassion because he understood the people around him, the reason they were killing him, all the stuff that was going on. He had great compassion for them and he knew they don't know what they're actually doing right now. Father, forgive them. And the greatest miracle of all time happened. It was called the salvation of humankind. It was called redeeming us. It was called making a way for us now to get to God. Compassion is the gateway to multiplication. Compassion is the gateway to the kingdom of God. Compassion is the gateway for when we're going to have healings take place in that room at the Transformation Center. Compassion is the gateway for transformation to take place in the transformation center. Compassion is the gateway for Jesus to take over people's lives. And so I wonder, I wonder for us what that looks like on a daily basis, because here Jesus, he's overwhelmed by compassion. He rose up on a shore. They were just getting away there. There's a whole situation that took place and they're like, cool, 
we're gonna hop in a boat, we're gonna take off, we're gonna go, it's kind of dodgy over here, we're gonna go this way. They roll up to the shore, all of a sudden there's a mass of people because they heard that Jesus was coming this way, and there's 5,000 plus people and a miracle happens and a church service happens and deliverance happens and all of these things are given away. Praise God. Hey, <laughs> but compassion was the gateway to all of this. Yeah. And so I look at a city like ours where there's a lot of churches. That's it. That's a line. There's a lot of churches. True. Just kidding. <laughs> there's a lot of great churches who are doing a lot of great things. And we love them and we support them and we're going to cheer them on. And if we don't work for you, Somebody else who's doing awesome things in our city gets you connected. But for this house, we're not going to be loud about the left or the right. We're not going to be loud about social, geo, political, whatever. We're not going to be loud about every other thing that everybody else is loud about. When those things cross at the intersection of the kingdom of God, then we'll be loud about it. Mm-hmm. When it's something that Jesus is actually about, mm-hmm. then we're going to be loud about it. But for us in this house, what I want to see is be loud about this year is having compassion because I think we can go into our workplace and we can look at it as, yep, it's just what I'm here to do right now. It's my struggle street. It's what I'm trying to, it's what I'm, it's what I'm doing to get to the next step is this level up or I'm working in my dream job and it's awesome or I have my home and it's this and whatever we look like and whatever our lives look like, whatever areas we occupy outside of Sundays and Wednesdays. I think it's easy to kind of just go through life without actively walking in compassion. I mean, how many times do we go, man, things are just full on rough at work right now. Like there's this girl, there's this guy, there's drama, there's this, like he's doing this over here, she's doing this over there. But how often do we sit and go, oh my gosh, dude, they're in desperate need of a good shepherd. Yeah. They're in desperate need. Instead, we're coming home and we're talking about like, oh my gosh, can you believe my boss is stepping out on his wife? It's, it's pouring into the workplace. There's this crazy stuff going on. Like what is happening right now? And we don't, we look at the brokenness, but we don't look at the need. Yeah. What they need in that moment isn't for us to be embittered. It's not for us to be complaining when we get home. It's to be us taking their situation, having compassion on them, going to God with it, asking for him to pour down to lives, and then us being encouragers in our workplace. Mm-hmm. We got family drama going on. All of us got family drama going on, okay? Yep. Like we all do. There's family stuff that happens. There's, we got family who's going through things. We got family who's causing things. We got family. Family's messy. Every family, even this one, it's going to happen. It's okay. But what's going to bring change? What's going to bring multiplication? What's going to bring healing? What's going to bring deliverance to that situation? It's us having compassion. We're supposed to be people of compassion. We're going to be, we're, supposed, we're called to be people of compassion before we're people of McClure, before we're people of Warner, before we're people of Vining, whatever it is. Bukowski, however you say your last name. Okay. Previous one, how do you say? Backhouse. Backhouse. Burkowski. Burkowski's close. Uh, Brooklyn. It's a wrestler. Totally a wrestler. But we're called to be people of compassion before we're them. And so, if we're people of compassion before we are the tribe that we come from, 
doesn't matter what that tribe does. We're going to recognize their great need for a Savior, and we're going to be there to deliver it. We're going to be there to see it. Because I believe that if this church rises up, imagine, imagine with me just for a second. God, if we're, if we're downtown, if we're walking down division, if you've been down division, do you know what I mean when I say that? And yeah, we're going to be a church that meets the physical needs of people in the city. We're not just going to be a church that's like, yep, pray for you. There's going to be stuff over here that can help you. No, no, no. We're going to meet the physical needs for our people. But compassion for them gives way to the supernatural. If we just reluctantly give, our Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. We're cheerful because we recognize their desperate need for a savior. We're not just going to reluctantly give to people and be like, oh, well, I'm going to give you $5 even though I know you're going to spend it on alcohol drugs. Like we're not going to be those kind of people. We're going to say, I'm going to meet your need because I know that you need a good shepherd. I look at your life. I just met you on the sidewalk. I don't have it all together. You don't have it all together. But if God's got us, you're going to be all right. And I'm going to be all right. And we're going to be all right. But I got to get you to God. But watch what happens when Jesus has this little boy sack lunch. And out of compassion and their great need, seeing what their true need was, wasn't socks and blankets, wasn't a full belly. Their true need was that they were in desperate need of a good shepherd. They've been leading their lives wrong. 5,000 plus people, all in need of a de- all in desperate need of a good shepherd. That means 5,000 plus people have all been really terrible shepherds of their own lives. Haven't done it well. And Jesus recognized their greatest need was the need of a good shepherd. And what happened when he brought that to them? We saw a multiplication. We saw bread and fish separate enough to feed 5,000 plus people. We saw a miracle take place. It wasn't in a church building. They didn't have a sound system. They didn't have an incredible worship team that we're blessed with. They didn't have digital micro, uh, digital boards and, and mic, wireless mics. And they didn't have any of this stuff. They didn't have pastors with tight pants and fashion. They didn't have cool video. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All, all of these things, all of these things that we identify with the church, the pastors that we follow, the videos that we repost and we regram. They didn't have this. What they had was a lack and a desperate need for a good shepherd. And when Jesus brought that, we saw miracles. Friends, we have to be a people who recognize that our people, when they come in church on Sunday, what if we didn't see them as a project? What if we didn't see them as somebody that was just here to sit in a seat? What if when we saw whether they were old with us, they've been family with us for a long time, or they're new with us, what if we saw that in that moment they were in desperate need of a savior. And we looked at every individual, what kind of miracles would flow on a Sunday? Yeah. Because friends, for us as a church, miracles are to serve the body of Christ. Miracles are to serve people. Miracles are for more than just a cool church story. I'm not interested in a cool church story church. Oh, you won't believe what happened at church today. That's great. But cool church stories are a byproduct of compassion. Yeah. Yeah. Those people left that field that day going, yo, I don't know if he's a rabbi. I don't know if he's a messiah. I don't know if he's crazy. But I saw this little boy's lunch 
and it went far and it went wide. And now I know there's a God who's the creator of the universe. He's not Jew, nor is he Greek. He's here for everybody. He's here for all people because all people are in desperate need of a good shepherd. We don't seek deliverance simply because we can say that we have a church that delivers people. We saw alcoholism fall off somebody. We saw drug abuse fall off somebody. We saw uh, sex addiction fall off somebody right there in service. We saw a demon come out of somebody right there in service. Those are great. And we're going to be a church that occupies that, and we're going to believe for that. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to deliver anybody if we don't have great compassion for them. Mm -hmm. That's right. We're going to be a church that meets the physical needs of our city. Mm -hmm. We had a physical need right there on the corner. And Adrian and I spent our whole day doing other things. And we're sitting there going like, how can we get involved? What can we do? Nothing on the news sites, have any links. Nobody who lives there is really over there right now, obviously, because they're still tearing through the place and figuring out what's going on. I messaged Oakdale Neighbors to see if they knew anything about it and how we could get in touch. We're going to do that. But before, we, before we're able to see a multiplication of what we give them, we first got to see that they're in desperate need of a Savior. Yeah. That's the kind of church that we're going to be. I want us to be loud about compassion. Imagine if we're downtown and we're out at dinner we're doing whatever we're doing. We're having regular lives. But every single person we encounter, the servers, the bus boys, the manager, something's late, something's cold. My food is touching on my plate and I'm neurotic. And it's true. How do you go out to eat? You know what? I don't know how I've lived. Wait a second. Okay. I'm free falling in grace. Exponentially. made this plate Oh, dude. Just, you bring it all out separate plates, I'll put it together how I need it. It's cool. Um, they sell it. trays. Like, you can get... Divider. Put my food on this tray. We digress. We digress. Yeah. But, what would happen? What supernatural things would happen in our version of a field when we encounter 200 people in a restaurant and we just saw them Desperate need of a savior. I mean, Jesus and his boys, I'm sure the disciples, which is us, we're the disciples. We are not Jesus, okay? Right. Jesus is Jesus. We are the disciples. We are the church. We are the people in desperate need of a savior. But Jesus himself said, greater works will you do than even I. And so in this story, we have a role to play. What, what multiplication would we see? What boldness would we have? If we had a room full of people that we just saw, man, they need Jesus. Mm. It's not in a judgmental way, like y'all need Jesus. <laughs> Some people do that. Some people need to hear that. You need Jesus. <laughs> but again, compassion is a move of heart. <clears throat> How many of you guys know when your heart's moved for something, you're about that life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're about that life. You see somebody in need of something and your heart just breaks. Oh, you're up on feet. You're up and going. You're up and at it. How can we help? Somebody in this church, and especially in our team, puts in the group chat, yo, I'm down with the flu. Do you know how many people are messaging back? Like, yo, I'm at work right now. 
but can I grab you something from Meyer? Can I do something? Like, imagine what this city would look like. We're not loud about judgment. We're not loud about whatever chaos you have going on in your life. Are we church that calls sin, sin? For sure. For sure. But we're church is about grace and truth wrapped up in love. And if we're just overcome with compassion for people, what would we see happen? That's what I want to be loud about this year. I want to be overcome with compassion for people of Grand Rapids. So does Clay. So does Clay. What's up, bro? You looking at me sideways? You know, we do things that are bold and audacious. At the end of service, we have people in the back who have oil. We're ready to lay hands. We're ready to pray. We're ready to believe. We have teams that prepare throughout the week. People who are fasting. People who are praying. We're believing for our God to do something just amazing on Sunday. Yeah. We're going through all these things. We get really good at our instruments. We get really good at how we set up chairs. We get great we get great systems in place. But systems complement. Compassion is a gateway to miracles. System complements deliverance. System complements the, the fruit of the Spirit being alive in our church. Systems complement miracles happening in our room. But it's compassion that's the gateway for it to flow. So this year... When we come to church on Sundays, I want us to be looking for people that need to be looked for. I want us to begin to pray for God to give us eyes to see things that are unseen. To recognize spirits that are on people's lives. Mm -hmm. For things that have them in vices. And I want to be a church that is just full of compassion. Compassion. Jesus was moved for those people for their current situation for their past life. He had compassion for where they were because he wanted to rescue where they will be. Like compassion made a move of God. Every time Jesus does a miracle, it was out of compassion. Even one that you could say in the natural, he wasn't even fully aware of, but because of a woman's 12 year issue of blood, her desperate need for an answer, her desperate need for deliverance, there was a supernatural compassion that took place because the heart of God, the spirit of God, the power of God is always moved by compassion. And this woman, out of her desperation, reached out to touch the hem of his garment, just the, just the sleeve, just the bottom of his robe. And supernatural move of God happened in that moment. And she was delivered and she was healed. And her body went underneath the order of the Holy Spirit. And she received what she needed, but what she encountered was a good shepherd. Can we be that kind of people? Yeah. I know it's a little bit different, but I'm really excited for what God's doing through this Roaring Twenties because I feel like if we're going to be loud about compassion, we're really going to see multiplication. We're going to see growth in church. We're going to see growth in our people in church. We're going to see growth in miracles that take place and testimonies that we get to report. It is just all going to build faith. Mm -hmm. Does that sound good? Yeah. Yeah. Cool.